1: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Hey, folks. I'm Mark Maron from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues
0: At night, I would sleep with Babe. Once he went to work, then Noble and I would meet up because Noble was downstairs. Things really
2: started to get awkward
1: with Noble and Shara when I heard some noise in the basement, you know, a little moaning, a little groaning, a little yelling, a little screaming, a little, you know, (laughs) dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. So I was like, wait a minute, you know.
0: (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, our Seeking Brother Husband edition. I'm so thrilled to be forcing you guys to watch this with me and be on this journey with me. But um, uh, yeah, we're going to get into episode two. I do have to tell you guys that I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. I've got a little bit of a hay fever thing going on. Just took a couple pills. Hopefully it'll improve during the course of this recording but if not you know just offer me a little bit of grace shall we? Um. With that being said we have so much to talk about before we even get into the episode we got to talk about the truth of Seeking Brother Husband okay? It has been brought to my attention and I have done my own research to find out that most of the couples featured on the show are not polyandrous, as we have been led to believe, polyandry being the practice of women seeking out uh, multiple male partners, um, most of them are actually polyamorous. So let's get into who is, who isn't, etc what I found. Starting off with Kenya, Carl, and Tiger. Kenya tweeted, On January 29th of this year, um, there are two things that I just wish TLC would allow on our show. One, the fact that we're polyamorous and not polyandrous. And two, not edit out our up-level containers, her like scammy uh, MLM stuff, right? Um, So here's the rub. It seems that, uh, yeah, they have very much an open relationship. Carl, as Kenya would put it, has a woman in every state. She says, Tiger's with all my friends. Um, we've got a whole thing going on. Interestingly enough, a lot of this comes from a interview that was taking place in August of 2020. At the time, Kenya was living with Carl and Tiger in North Carolina, while her other boyfriend, Noble, was living with his wife and life partner in Atlanta. Interesting. Who did we meet this week? Who did we meet? Noble, his partner, and the partner's wife. So yeah, you guys are here first. Kenya and Noble used to date. There has been tremendous crossover. I'm like gritting my teeth to find out whether or not they ever addressed the fact that Two of these couples have been intermingling with each other, um, or at least were at some point in their lifetime. Uh, Hello? Are we going to talk about that or no? I guess not. So it goes without saying that um, Chara, Patrick, and Noble are also polyamorous, since Noble was with Kenya, right? Okay, so moving on to uh, Mike and Alyssa, (laughs) I found out that they had a whole podcast um, called Poly... I mean, this was truly a mouthful. Polly plus more equals us. You get it? <laughs> Ooh. Um, so they had had this podcast from about 2021, 2022. Um, and they're talking about, Mike and Alyssa are talking about how they are, you know, polyamorous. How they're, you know, this is a tech You know, the description for their podcast. Um, it says... This is like a whole thing. Okay, so Alyssa goes, I wanted to share with you why we decided to start this podcast in the first place. As many of you know, Mike and I have been on a very unique journey in our relationship. Early in our dating life, we decided to be polyamorous. Despite popular belief, this was actually Mike's idea. He introduced me to polyamory, and I immediately knew it was right for me. After spending a few years really digging into what it means to be polyamorous and talking through our rules or boundaries and ethics we started dating other people. We have a very happy and healthy relationship, but it took a lot of work to get here. Looking back, we both wish there had been more people talking about polyamory and sharing their stories. Excuse me. It would have been, it would have made the past few years a lot easier if we had had some guidance or a reference point, but most of our resources we were looking for just didn't exist yet. So after a ton of learning, stumbling and making a lot of mistakes, we decided to create the resources that we felt were missing. Thus, Polly plus more equals us, was recreated. With this podcast, we aim to normalize polyamory and ethical non-monogamy, remove the stigma around non-monogamous relationship styles, encourage vulnerability, honesty, and openness, help others discover their truth, and create meaningful community and relationships. We've been on quite the journey in the past year, and we hope you're just as excited to hear about it as we are to share it. Now, apparently, Alyssa did a Q&A, Ask Me Anything Whatever, on Instagram, and there were people asking about this. First question being, how does Mike feel about being labeled polyandrous on national television? It seems very different from polyamorous. Alyssa says, neither of us love the label, but we also know it's not going to be used continuously. And all that matters is that how we choose to define our relationship. And then the next question is, The TLC show you're on appears to be about polyandry, not polyamory. Have you changed your relationship style to polyandry or is it just for the show? And in reality, you are still polyamorous. And she says, the show is focusing on the women. So they've given us the label of polyandrous. But Mike and I identify as polyamorous. Mike has the same freedom to date as I do. Thanks for asking. I'm happy to clarify. I can't speak for all the women on the show, but I do believe they all identify as polyamorous as well. But I could be wrong about that. I will say I didn't get any information about Dustin and Kim with the bangs, but I don't know. It it definitely could be that they're also polyamorous, but they're giving, they're giving a couple things, frankly, but you know, more on that later. Uh, But going back to Kenya, Carl and Tiger and the interview where she reveals that she's dating Noble uh, from 2020, she talks about how when she was in a monogamous relationship, I didn't mean to laugh. This is trigger warning actually uh, for abuse. When she was, she says, when I was monogamous, I was angry as hell. I couldn't get the attention I needed. I couldn't get the rest I needed. I couldn't get the sex I needed. I was stressed out in a nuclear family. So she says that that led her to being angry. And because of that, there was at some point in 2014, a uh, domestic incident between she and Carl and that she got uh, arrested or she was booked. There's a mugshot uh, available if you want to look at it. Um, It seems like the charges were dismissed a month later. Um, But yeah, she was out there. Okay, I'm looking a little bit further and she says um, that she talks about this and she's been open about what happened that she tossed a glass of water at Carl, which hit his lip. And she landed a night in jail because of it. She then later admits That, um, I've thrown lamps too, and it's also documented in my book, once I went to the backyard to get a stick while my husband showered. Then she goes, read Change Your Man for details. It's available on Amazon. Heart emoji. The downside was I was only in jail for one night. I taught the girls yoga, and we sat in a circle to meditate, which got me into trouble because humans are not allowed to touch while in jail. Crying emoji. I'd love to share more. Just ask. It's my hashtag pleasure. (laughs) Ma'am. Excuse me? What else do I have? Oh, Carl also has other children. So not in his relationship with Kenya. Um, Yeah, I think that might be it. Uh, Let's get on to the show. As I tend to do with these TLC shows, let's start from our least interesting to our most juicy. I'm going to start with Kim, Dustin and Vincent, basically because they only had one scene. It was a pretty juicy scene, but you know, that was all we saw of them. So, Kim and her bangs say in a confessional that things are still up in the air with her and Vincent. You know, they had that conversation over the taco soup. Clearly, there was no conclusion to that. So he's going to be coming over to the house to go kick it with Dustin because they're like brothers, right? And it's like, yeah, we know in more ways than one. Anyway, out comes Dustin with his like cornhole boards. What do you call those things? I don't know. But. He and Vincent are going to have a great autumn, it appears to be, afternoon, playing cornhole and talking about how to navigate um, being in a relationship with the same woman. So Dustin says in a confessional that Kim feels that Vincent is more monogamous than he wants to admit, but he's really not sure what's going on between Kim and Vincent at this point. But his relationship with Vincent is really important, so he just hopes that their friendship is able to be maintained regardless of whatever happens with Vincent and Kim and whatever the hell they got going on over there. So Kim actually suggests to Dustin, why don't you like talk to him about his, your experiences dealing with the jealousy and stuff when I started dating him. Right. And maybe that'll help. So I love that This seems to be like such a a returning trend Because I don't feel, like, for all the knowledge that I have with Sister Wives and and polygamy, I... hmm, Do we often see them, like, the women working and having these conversations with each other about, like, how to deal with it? I don't know that they do, because I feel like with polygamy, they're just uh, resigned to it. Also, there's usually some sort of religious tether to the whole thing. Um, But... Yeah, it's interesting that there's always in this show, all two episodes of it, that the women are encouraging the first husband to talk to the second husband on how to deal with it. Dustin tells Kim, I learned that it was my responsibility to learn how to love myself and to not expect you to make me happy all the time. So then Dustin says he was really concerned in the beginning that Vincent would eventually, you know, push him out of the relationship with Kim, but... Overnight it was like instant family. There was this expansion, and he had this amazing built-in best friend in Vincent that he could confide in. So Vincent shows up and Dustin's like, you know, hey there, buddy. I see you also have a jacket on that isn't meant to be worn all button up, but you know, let's throw some cornhole bags around and have a good time. How Vincent was able to find a khaki It was like a like a blazer but for the outdoors you're like an outdoor furniture version of a blazer it just seemed like it was waterproof or something i just never seen anything like it like a jacket that you see in a catalog that's like do you need to go fishing and also be in the boardroom within 90 minutes of each other like this would be the jacket for you anyway i have so many questions about vincent you know the jacket is low on it's actually pretty high on the list i'm concerned about it but you know what i mean there's a lot else going on here so kim says i'm gonna go inside and let you boys you know do what you do i'm gonna make dinner because as we know from last week's episode you know taco soup doesn't make itself so vincent tells dustin like we're more like brothers you're very much like a brother to me and i'm really excited to hang out with you so dustin asks him what's your deal with Kim is it going to be a hard no for you if Kim starts dating other people and Vincent says yes because he's just not there in the way that Dustin is so Dustin reminds him you're the first man that I let Kim be with and the whole process of like watching her get ready for a date leaving I would notice my state of mind and it would just put me in a really bad place it was super uncomfortable But ultimately I felt safe and supported because I trusted you and I trusted her. And so I had like the safe space and foundation to work on all of my other negative emotions. Right. So then Dustin says in a confessional that it's awkward to tell Vincent, Hey, uh, this is what made me uncomfortable from you. Right. And like, you're also going to experience that as well as well. Like this is part of the lifestyle. Part of the lifestyle is discomfort and like sitting in that. Sitting in your emotions and your abandonment and your jealousy. That sort of thing. And it's like, girl, what is this all for, Miss Dustin? Like, what is this all for? Like, do you want her to do you need her to grow that badly? I don't know. Maybe he loves her. He loves his bitch. Sorry. He loves her down. He loves her bangs. Her bangs down to her her prairie skirt. He loves her and I just don't understand. <laughs> Not that I can't understand loving somebody this much, but no, I, I I, really can't. Like, I just can't. Dustin, are you getting to fuck other people? That's what I need to know. Because this will pull things together for me. Like, were you working through your jealousy inside of somebody else? Like, just give me a wink. Let me know. Vincent tells Dustin, I want Kim happy just like you do. And Dustin's like, I know, like, you asked me how I do it. And my main thing is that I just love to see Kim grow. Vincent says in a confessional that his jealousy is like rooted in how he looks at his role in the relationship. And to see Kim with other people makes him question where he would fit within their dynamic that they already have, right? Right. Destin says you know the times that Kim was with you it helped me become stronger in myself and that was a process because at the time I would often feel like wounded and neglected and you know left out of the fun and you know like all the cool kids were hanging out without me and depressed and sad and crying and angry and insecure but you know like it's not like I immediately became stronger you know like my insecurities will still come up sometimes and Maybe you'll find me in a corner crying in a closet with the lights off. But, you know, I also feel like I've turned the volume down on some things that I would have initially emotionally been reactive on, you know, just crying into the pillow a lot less, Um, you know, making a lot less voodoo dolls in my spare time, that sort of thing. The volume's really coming down because people don't hear me as much when I'm mad. I'm doing good. I would say (laughs) Vincent says in a confessional that Dustin is handling this adjustment like much better than he is. And it's like, babe, I don't really think he is, but he's smiling through it. Fake it till you make it. And then Vincent says, I just think it's because Dustin's doing better because they had their own relationship, right? They had a time to build a bond with each other. This whole relationship is new for him. And so he's just not part of that union with them. But y'all have been talking about this, like, sisterhood of the traveling pants this whole time, you and Dustin. So, like, what's good? I, I do understand where he's saying, like, they had the time to have a one-on-one relationship and then adjust. And so he never really had that with Cam. But it's like, you knew that going into it. No surprise. That man with the ponytail has been in the background, you know, in his zipped up leather jacket this whole time. So I don't... I just don't understand what Vincent wants. Because last week we were talking, I was talking to Justine and Natasha, and we're like, okay, is it that Kim maybe sold him a tale that, like, you're the only other one I want? And then she pulled the wool out from under him? But it kind of seems like he just... (laughs) I don't know. It seems like he really doesn't want Dustin around but he does like him as a friend and so like he's willing to make it work in that regard but like he doesn't want any new new. That's just too much. But I just feel like this is incredibly selfish on Vincent's part because why did you even enter into this relationship you were already sharing? You know what I mean? I just feel like if you're entering into a relationship that has already been established, that you should always be prepared that there might be another person coming down the pike. You know what I mean? Like, you always gotta be prepared for that, my guy. I-, I just can't believe that Kim really sold him that heavy on like, it's just gonna be us three. And then she really like hit him hit him in the backside of the head. I just don't feel like that anymore. Anyway, let's move on to Kenya, Carl, and Tiger. So this episode, they are going to look for a three-bedroom house. Now, this feels like cap to me because it looked like they just moved into that two-bedroom apartment last episode. So I just feel like it's it's giving. We're cashing TLC checks. (laughs) There's a lot of money moving around and we got to act quickly. That's what it's giving to me. But anyway, they're driving in the car. It's Carl driving. Ken is in the passenger seat and uh, little baby tigers in the back talking about how uncomfortable he is with how fast this is all moving and how he doesn't understand why, you know, he needs to get his own room that quickly. Like this whole visual, especially of him in the back seat, <laughs> it's like a little kid being like, you know, has to be talked into sleeping into his own little big boy bed without mommy. You know what I mean? It was just, it, well, I don't understand. Why do we have to move? Why do I have to be in my own bedroom? We were having so much fun in there. <laughs> so Then they meet up with Clarissa and waste this poor realtor's time. You know, Kenya is just, I mean, not since Cody Brown have we met somebody who's just dying to talk about her relationship. She is loving it. Please. Uh, you know, these are my husband's. Both of him, him, and also him. And Kenya's like, okay. Kenya (laughs) says in a confessional, you know, Clarissa didn't really have much of a reaction. And I just wish more people would ask more questions about our relationship. Why? (laughs) That's not like a normal thing, you know? It's like, girl. (laughs) So they go and they look around the, you know, bottom floor or whatever. And Clarissa eventually is like, why don't you guys just share a primary bedroom? And Kenya's like, well, we have individual relationships and we have a third bedroom. I'll be able to have my other partners come visit. And the Cardinal, Car- Cardinal, Carl says, uh, the three of us don't sleep together. Like we don't really get down like that, just to be clear. She's like, okay, I got it, right? So they show bedroom number one, right? It's on the first floor and Carl's like, okay, I think this will be my bedroom. You know, it's a little giving three little bears, right? Uh, this one's just right. Just right for me. Not, it's not the primary. It's, you know, on the main floor. Tiger goes, um, Clarissa, do you know about the sound? Cause Carl doesn't really like bedroom noise. If You know what I mean? So Clarissa has to be like, well, the other bedrooms are on the third floor. So you have the, uh, the kitchen and the living room to act as a buffer. Thank you very much. God help me, not getting paid enough for this. (laughs) Um, Then they go to the primary room, right? Perfectly fine room. Seems like a significantly larger room than either of the rooms that they're in now. Let's keep that in mind, right? Carl, immediately no. This will not do. Kenya needs a much bigger space for the third man that is not even in existence at this point to come over man, what are you doing that needs so much space, Kenya? Like, are we doing Cirque du Soleil? Like, it had, it seemed a good amount of to- space to, like, do a good cartwheel between the bed and before you get to the door. Like, that seems like plenty of space. Maybe you can even put a little love seat there. How much room does she need? <laughs> this is just to, like, fuck people, right? Like, don't you just need the bed? Uh, what's happening? Then they go to the third bedroom, what should be Little Baby Tiger's bedroom, right? With his big boy bed. And it's got, you know, like a little full size at the bottom. Uh, it's a bunk bed with a with a twin on top, right? It's perfect for him. Maybe if Kenny wanted to sleep at the full size one while, until he goes to bed. And then she can go back into her other room <laughs> after he falls asleep. You know what I mean? So these d- dudes look average in every way possible every way. We don't need to get into all the ways. I'm just speaking about physically. They look, I don't know, six six feet? Maybe six one? Kenya's acting like these are the mom stars from Space Jam. And they're like, this Clarissa woman we just met, I thought we told you exactly what we needed. We need a much bigger space than this. It just won't do for my two huge husbands. And I'm just confused, because, like, y'all seem very comfy and cozy in that two-bedroom apartment, so I don't know why y'all are acting all brand new now, okay? Y'all got three bedrooms, and all of a sudden, nobody can fit. Okay. So Kenya says she wants to move in about three months, right? Carl says, we need to find the right place. Tiger says in a confessional, three months for him is unrealistic, because it's too soon. And especially because they, well... Tiger really is planning a ceremony and thinks that moving on top of that is just going to be too much on top of this wedding, Tiger, that nobody wants but you. <laughs> so they like try to stir up some drama right in front of poor Clarissa and they're like, oh, this is too far. I'm trying to get married and Clarissa is looking like, okay, I... <laughs> y'all said you were going to pay me hourly and just for like two hours, I've already hit it. I could be a Panera at this point, you know? getting my front take a chicken. I'm out. Later, Tiger says that, you know, Carl and Kenya has been married for 26 years. They've always been there for each other. And he wants that from Kenya too, especially now that she's looking to bring in other partners. But Tiger, you can't marry her. You realize that, right? Like you can have the ceremony and all of that, but it's not going to really change anything. Really. Not legally. So whatever you think is going to happen when you guys have the ceremony after the fact, it's not going to. It's not going to make your relationship any stronger. It's not going to bring you closer, probably. Um, It's probably not going to establish anything because she does not want to marry you. So how could that possibly (laughs) make you guys closer? If you're forcing her to do something that she has very clearly explained that she does not want to do anyway. So Kenya goes, why are we talking about a wedding again when we're house shopping? You know, and who's going to be at our wedding? Because your parents aren't on board, Tiger. And Carl, you told me your parents aren't on board either. So who's going to be coming? Five people? Like talking about the wedding now literally gives me heart palpitations. So Tiger says, you know, it's not about everybody. It's about you and me and our connection. And then he says in a confessional it's confusing and frustrating to him and his parents being there really doesn't make a difference in their union, which, fair. Ultimately, I think Tiger might just be realizing that there are probably only a handful of women that are going to, one, accept a grown-ass man in uh, dusty blue contacts, and two, also accept that he wants to fuck other people. You know, because I just feel like, If you're, if I'm going to be tethered to you, then we're really going to be tethered. You're not stepping out and leaving your contacts on somebody else's nightstand. No, no. But ultimately, it's just most confusing to me that Tiger would want to, oh, the third thing would be that um, they would call him Tiger with like no sense of irony whatsoever, not just like laugh. But anyway, um, to me, it just seems like, I don't understand why Tiger wants to stay in this relationship when Kenny made it very clear that they fight every morning and have done so for months because she tries to have sex with him and he doesn't want to do it. And he keeps talking about, oh, I'm going to miss her in my bed and the warmth and the cuddling and the intimacy. But it's like, you're basically giving her blue balls every morning <laughs> and she's sick of it. And for that, I got to be on Kenya's side. He's really selfish as shit for that, because ultimately he's saying, like, you can't move out of my room because, or our room, because that would be that I get to miss out on the intimacy that I get, but you're not giving her any of the intimacy that she wants. So why does she have to suffer? Later, Tiger and Carl go to the driving range, and Tiger's still insistent on getting married to Kenya, right? So he wants to ask Carl for advice. Tiger says he and Carl are friends, and he's actually probably learned more from Carl than any other man on the planet.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves
0: better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message,
1: and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom
0: to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Wow. So he tells Carl, his parents are still really resistant. They're very, you know, binary, one man, one woman in a marriage situation. His mom, he tried to explain it to her. She cut him off before he could even finish the sentence. Like she was like, I don't even want to hear you try to explain and rationalize this relationship that you're in with that woman, with the other man, right? So then he says, you know, it's just horrible to have to digest that my mom feels that way. Carl tells Tiger, I've been there when I first started with Kenya or, you know, when we first started opening our relationship, my parents hated it and they didn't accept it. And it was really only after some time that they even kind of came on board with it. Carl says that Kenya has always thought family was so important. So he does understand where she's coming from with the ceremony. But then he's like, I just wish Kenya would be a little bit more understanding to you. And I think it's important that you guys have a ceremony. I think it's important that you guys actually commit to each other. Tiger tells Carl, I just can't see moving anywhere If she's not willing to meet me halfway and have this ceremony. Carl says, I can try to talk to Kenya to help her understand where you're coming from. And that you're trying to help your parents understand your relationship. But just so you know, it could get bad. So more on that later. All right, let's move on to Alyssa and Mike. AKA Polly and Amore. <laughs> so, Polly plus amore. Um So, Alyssa's going on this date with this guy named Isaac, who she met on the dating app, right? So, as she's getting ready, by the way, is this like rude? It is. Am I going to say it? Yeah. It's just hard for me to wrap my mind around an adult. And I said this before I, when I talked about Truly on Sister Rives. I just can't wrap my mind around people. Um, Having transition lenses. So I also can't imagine, like, never mind. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I can't imagine sitting on a bed watching somebody in transition lenses, lenses go on a date with somebody else. Like, that would just be too much for my ego and my pride. And I'm going to say it, okay? And now that I think about it, since I'm already being mean, like, I might as well just keep going. Like, I'm thinking, okay, if you told me, like, if there was a game of, like, oh, who do you think in this relationship is cheating? And you showed me like couples with one partner who had transition lenses. I'm picking the other one every time. However, if I'm looking and thinking about Alyssa and Mike, I- I'd be a little bit more confused. I'd like, mm, that'd be a tough one. I honestly don't know which one I would go with, <laughs> which I guess is good. Cause they're both open. The answer to that would be both, which is shocking. Anyway. So Mike is sitting in bed watching her put her blush on. And he's like, well, does the guy know that you're married? She's like, yeah, I, it was like the first thing I mentioned in my profile. So Mike mumbles, okay, so just so it's loud and clear. Just want to make sure we're on the same page. And then he goes, what do you like about this Isaac fellow? Why don't you tell me? So Alyssa goes that Isaac's just very creative. He is a painter and he makes his money selling paintings. You know, it's like the opposite of you. Okay, great girl. Okay, I don't care if you're like Polly anything. Maybe this is just me. Somebody, my partner wanted to open up a relationship, and I was like, okay, I I will accept that. And then they kept saying, I want somebody who is the exact opposite of you, so that I could relate to them better. Would you feel good about that? Because I would not. I'd be crying into my pillow, just ne- right next to Destin, but. It just seems like rough. Does she hear how that comes off? Mike says in a confessional that he gets a little nervous when Alyssa goes out and he tries not to get jealous or triggered when she goes on these dates. Cut to her going on to a brewery with this Isaac guy. And he's just like, he's what you'd think, you know, the, the, the ponytail and the, artist but it's like LA artist so it's not like crunchy granola it's like kind of flashy probably still refers to him as a metrosexual even though that's a problematic term like that sort of thing you know what I mean so Isaac starts off you know real light what are you looking for and Alyssa's like yeah I don't really have like a physical type but really more of a personality like I like somebody who's open-minded who really likes to have fun but is also very self-aware Alyssa tells the producers, Isaac's a painter. He's free. Mike's not like that at all. So it's definitely one of the things that I'm looking for. It just feels mean. (laughs) It just feels like a mean thing to say. Like maybe we could find a softer way to say, I want somebody who's not like you at all. But love you. Love you so much. Poor Mike is at home doing at-home pull-ups. I have a question. (sighs) Straight guys instead of the draft do you guys just get those like that pull-up bar that you put up in like the doorway is that what happens now how do they all why do you all have it that poor man does like three pull-ups before he's like you know what let me sit down and help myself to a nice little carton of hummus and a salad (laughs) while i think about my wife on a date with somebody else so he says you know it is difficult dealing with the jealousy and insecurities, but like at the end of the day, he's actually really happy for Alyssa. And this is their plan. Their plan is to have an open relationship. So if he didn't want her to go out, you know, it would be kind of shitty for, you know, it would just be selfish of him to not be like supportive of something that they both agreed on. So back to the date, Isaac and Alyssa start talking about their job history. And Isaac really lost me when he's like, you know, I've just never been able to have my own boss. So, you know, I've had to paint and make my money off of my little doodles. And ugh, he's just like a little too cutesy for me. And also a little like, I, I don't love a grown man who says that he can't have a boss. Now, I'm like, fuck capitalism. You know, all of that. That's not the problem. It's the lack of discipline for me. Because I feel like only people who are actually really irresponsible say that you know what i mean like that's the thing you say when you're not hireable you're telling on yourself in my experience (laughs) and then he goes on to say you know my work is inspired by women it's like the best inspiration for me so a lot of my work is inspired via sex (laughs) okay isaac I feel like sex is part of painting, and it would just be hard for me to have a relationship that's strictly mental and emotional without the physical. Like, my love language is physical touch. (laughs) Okay, you and every other man. Okay, like... Isaac, nobody's expecting you to have a relationship that is devoid of sex. So why even say that? I feel like dudes only say that when they're like, I don't want to have an emotional and mental relationship. I only want to have physical ones. Why would you say like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, he, okay. What app are you on, Isaac? Because from what I hear, it like it it um things change and evolve like sometimes tinder is the sex app and then sometimes it's bumble and sometimes it's i don't think it's ever coffee and its bagel but that's just what i'm hearing i want to know what app she's on but this is also what i said last week when mike was like oh i see on your dating app profile that you mentioned like intimacy is the most important to me. So if you don't want to go deep, so to speak, you know, no pun intended, the blah, blah, blah. And what I said was, as soon as dudes see that like sex joke about going deep and you're talking about how intimacy is important to you, that's all they're going to see is like, Oh, she wants to fuck. And so that's why he's saying this shit. And girl, Mike should have told you that. He should have told you that. And like, in my opinion, This is not the move, like, at all. I think even if you want, if you're going into the situation, like, wanting to just have a physical sexual relationship with somebody, there's still a dance to that, in my opinion. And when guys start off like this, it's more of a, how much longer do I have to talk to you before we have sex? (laughs) You know? And not, like us having an intellectual conversation about like our you know sexual natures and what we like and don't like as like adults intelligently like this is not what's happening he's like I can talk to her for about 17 more minutes and then I'm gonna ask her to come back to my studio I'm gonna show her one painting I'm gonna ask her if she wants a massage and then she's gonna feel my boner on her back about 37 seconds later you know like that's his game I know this man so then Isaac asks Alyssa how many people she's seeing, and she's like, Nobody right now, just my husband. And then Isaac says, It's interesting because Alyssa's obviously looking for something her husband can't provide mentally and emotionally, and I respect that, but like I'm curious to ask some questions and see her perspective on being married. This is what he says. I'm curious to see her perspective on being married. So his first question to her is, Is sex part of the factor in seeking other partners? okay so Alyssa goes I mean yes or no like it's not the main reason because ideally what I'm looking for is another relationship so then his second question again to ask questions to see her perspective on being married is have you ever been in an orgy she says no and then he goes, Well, would you ever do stuff like that with your husband? And she's like, Yeah, you know, I'm not really into that. That's not really what I'm trying to do. And again, like this idea that just because she wants to have multiple relationships doesn't mean that she's sitting in some sort of sex dungeon having people run a train on her. Like get the leaps that are being taken with Isaac. So Alyssa asks Isaac if he's ever dated somebody who's had another partner. And he says, Dated? No, but I've definitely had sex with somebody who's had another partner. (laughs) And Alyssa goes, okay, but did those boyfriends know? And he's like, "Uh, I think a couple of them did. I think a couple of them did. I think that maybe they were trying to spice things up. You know what I mean? So Alyssa says in a confessional, um, Isaac talks about sex a lot. (laughs) She's like, it's fine. You know, like he's easy to talk to, but I just think I'm looking for a more serious relationship and it doesn't feel like Isaac is looking for the same thing. I agree, girl. You take your transition lenses and transition yourself back home, please. So she gets back and she tells Mike, the date wasn't really so great. It's hard. Like, I think maybe he was nervous because we did laugh and joke a lot, but there was just no chemistry or deeper connection. So then Alyssa asks Mike, how would you feel in the future? Sorry. She asks him, how would you feel or how did you feel like, you know, my date was a flop. Does that make you feel any type of way? And he's like, well, you know, there was like a little bit of jealousy that you went on the date, but I'm also not like crossing my fingers, hoping that your date went poorly. Right. So then she says, you know, Isaac basically only talked about sex and I think he just wants to have sex, which like, again, fine, but now, what I'm looking for. That's not the goal, but like it could happen. Right. And so Mike says, actually, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Huh? <laughs> what do you mean, Mike? Your confusion made a little bit more sense last week, but now that I know that y'all have done a whole podcast with the sole purpose of hoping or hopefully educating other people on open relationships, because you guys have thoroughly discussed this within your own lives and your own relationship, and now you want to pass that wisdom down to others. And now here's Mike saying, uh, I didn't know. I don't know about uh, having the sex be part of the question. What do you mean? And also last week y'all had a conversation about uh, you going on your bachelor bachelor party with your friends. And can she bring somebody over to the extra bedroom? So again, let's pick a storyline and run with it. Mike, what do you mean? You don't know. So Alyssa asked him, what does he mean? And she's like, well, I just feel like We went into this wanting to have deeper connections with other people, but a friends with benefits thing isn't really why we got into this. Like it's not the main goal. And I'm pretty uncertain now about that. Mike says in a confessional that having a friends with benefits is more of an open relationship thing, which is not what they're looking for. Melissa then says that Mike is just not really getting what she's trying to say. And it's actually concerning because Having a multiple partner lifestyle does not work if you're not on the same page. I agree, ma'am. I agree. Let's end with our fourth and newest couple, Chara, Shara, Patrick, and Noble. Chara's 43. She's our uh, woman of the relationship. I was going to say woman of the evening. That's not, that's not right. <laughs> Patrick, he's 47 and Noble's 39. Then they all live in, of course, Lena. so Shara says she claims to be an artist and a creator but she says she met Patrick aka babe and I think she keeps she seems to be under the impression that we're now just going to accept that she calls these men babe and noby and then I'm gonna do it and I might but it's gonna be like as a joke so maybe you should not put that in my in my uh bag of tricks Shara <laughs> Because at first I was like, bitch, I'm not calling this man babe and no But then I'm like, this is actually pretty funny. I might, I might do it. <laughs> but I also love when people like try to get us to hop on to your relationship pet names. Like I'm not calling somebody else's mom, mom. You know what I mean? That's your relationship with her. <laughs> I'm not calling this man babe. That's you. The only way, the only time that this is acceptable is married to medicine that we all call Dr. Heavenly's uh, husband, daddy, Dr. Damon, daddy. And he's the only one. Other than that, I only have my heart, one room, one space, and that belongs to Daddy. Anyway, Shara claims that she's an artist and a creator, right? But she says that she met Babe, a.k.a. Patrick, when he went to get his taxes done and he was she was working there, right? He gave her his business card and then winked a couple times, and that was all it took. They went on a date and it was on and popping from there, and it's been 13 years. Then she says she's been with Noble, a.k.a. Noby, for two years now. So Patrick says. Had you told me. I would be in a relationship like this. Years ago. People. I would have called y'all crazy right. Speaking of Patrick. Um, listen. When you get eyes on Patrick. I think a lot of you will have a lot of questions. And I think those of you who know. Me and my habit to give people nicknames. Uh, on TLC shows like Seeking Sister Wife. And the like. That it was immediately there were a lot of names that rushed, uh, to my cerebral cortex. And so, um, I'm trying to be nicer in 2023. Is it going to work? Probably not, but I am going to reserve, uh, any nicknames until Patrick, uh, gets out of line. But until then we're going to be fair to him. Okay. As a family. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues
0: But it's going to be hard. But I think we can do it. Anyway. Shara says that she and Patrick were pretty hot and heavy early on. But there was a lot of stress and strain. Y'all, this got so messy so quickly. Shara says she got into an accident. A car accident. She, it was bad. Couldn't really speak. Had to learn to be mobile again. Patrick says after her accident, the fire between he and Shara started to wither. And Shara says, I just didn't really feel desirable and my confidence was shattered. And that's what got the ball rolling and really initiated things. So Shara says in a confessional, she and Patrick did not put the work into their relationship and they were more comfortable being in a sexless marriage for 10 years. 10 years. But she did not divorce Patrick because he's been the greatest joy in her life and she just doesn't know what life would look like without him. And the hardest part was that people were thinking that they didn't have a real marriage, and she starts crying in a confessional talking about people telling her to leave him. But she would never leave him. Like, she acts like this is preposterous. Like, people were just so out of pocket for suggesting. Um, It's sounding to me like she had a really bad experience and that Patrick was not there for her. Sounds like instead of pouring into her, he just let her sink deeper and deeper into her depression and insecurity. Thanks, Patrick. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like people were probably saying you should leave him for more than just the fact that y'all aren't having sex. It's probably uh, the fact that he lost his attraction to you. I mean, this happens so many times where people enter into relationships and you think everything's all good. Good as gold. Yolanda Foster, and then you get sick, and all of a sudden, uh, David doesn't want to play the piano for all your girlfriends on TV anymore. You know what I mean? Y'all know what I mean. Like, I just—it's so awful that like people get into these like traditional man woman straight relationships, right? And then the woman something happens to her, and suddenly the sickness and health part of those vows get real muddy, and we don't act—we act like we didn't say them. It's very interesting to me. Maybe I'm not being fair to Patrick and Shara, but that's uh, the vibe that I got from this situation is that he was bad. And she was like, Oh no, no, I feel terrible, but also don't leave me. Don't leave me because I'm already so insecure that I feel like probably I can't get anybody else. But anyway, um, clearly that's not true. She found herself another uh, bald chocolate man. Shara said she eventually told Patrick that he is not responsible for her emotional stability. And see, this is what I mean. Like he probably, she needed something for him and then was like, I'm just going to find it in myself, you know? So they, at that point she was like, we got to do something different. Maybe we need to part ways or maybe we need to just bring in another partner. So she says she met Noble, Nobi, at a conference. Maybe like some sort of, she said he's a comic book creator. So I'm guessing it's like some sort of manga or whatever, whatever conference, right? Nobi was the first person that she met at this conference, and when they're talking, he asks her, where are you from? She says Atlanta, and he goes, oh, well, I guess I need to move there. Hobosexual. Hobosexual. Did we all get this? A -a ring-a-ding-ding. The alarm bells were popping off for me. Oh, this man needs a place to stay. And it just became more and more clear the more that we saw. So Shara says that Noble has like a a boy wonder-like quality. He flies by the seat of his pants. Now, this is a 39-year-old man. Sounds like immature and irresponsible. He's a comic book creator. She found that initially really attractive. Noble says it was really fast, hot, and heavy. Before he knew it, he was moving in. So Patrick says, Shara having multiple partners actually helps both of them because she gets to explore and have her needs met. But he gets to work and be at peace and focus on business at hand. Like, he does not want this woman. <laughs> she she can have her needs met and I can just do whatever I gotta do. Work and be at peace. <laughs> be at peace. <laughs> Why are you guys together? <laughs> so then they all start talking about their dynamic. And I'm confused. Well, I was confused at first because... Nobody comes over, or he sits down for breakfast, right? And they're like, oh, thank you for coming over. But I'm thinking, weren't they living together? But then they say in a confessional that Nobi, well, Noble said that he pays a portion of rent. He said that. But then he says, you know, other than that, I don't really have anything financially tied up with the other two, right? Shara says that in terms of chores, that more so fell onto her. And nobody says, well, at one point I was cutting grass, but this dude might not must not be doing anything. Because Patrick <laughs> Patrick's face when Noble says oh, I was doing things around the house just the just that part of the sentence. Patrick was like, huh? <laughs> you do what? <laughs> around where? <laughs> like, no. And then Uh, Shara looks over, she turns to Patrick and goes, this fool said he was cutting grass. He said he was cutting grass. And Noble goes, well, I did a couple times, you know, that's why we bought the lawnmower. And Patrick goes, he told me he cut it, but it wasn't cut. (laughs) This little N word doesn't do anything. Noble, what's happening? And Noble might need to be your name. Then they discuss their, like, sleeping, possibly sex arrangement. And Shara says that at night she would sleep a babe, Patrick, right? And then I think she said he would go to work and then she would go downstairs to where Noble was living. We didn't get a whole lot of details about this, but there was some kind of issue that happened. Patrick says things started getting a little awkward when he heard a little moaning, a little groaning, a little yelling, a little screaming, a little da-da-da-da-da. That sort of thing. And Shara's like, "Mm mm-hmm, shit got real. Patrick says that when the pandemic came, they were all stuck together in that house. And Noble says, yeah, we probably should have called a house meeting about that. So Patrick explains in a confessional that he became angry and confused and jealous. And he told Shara how he was feeling but then Shara would not share that information with noble and then it just became this silent issue between all of them eventually things got too awkward and they all decided that it would be best if noble moved out so Shara says we didn't know what to do but patrick said you played a part in making it worse actually not better (laughs) none of these people like each other (laughs) because well Shara wasn't telling him to go downstairs wasn't telling uh, Noble to go downstairs but that's really where he belonged and then Noble says yeah Shara you probably really should have told me that I know you didn't want to tell me that because it sounds harsh but I actually would have been okay with just staying in my place so oh I'm just realizing in real time that maybe he came upstairs to fuck Noble (laughs) and then he caught them and then instead of saying like yo stop being in my bedroom she just didn't say anything and so they were like okay well you need to move out okay i think that might be what's happening dog what is going that is a house of horrors so later shara and noble meet up to talk about the state of their union since they're like not quite together right girl y'all this was crazy (laughs) So Noble says, I just feel like we're not where we want to be. And I really want to be more involved, but it feels like we've grown apart a little bit. I see you in my life long term. Is that something that you think we can work on? So Shara says, when we were all living in the house together, you were like more of a fling type of guy, not a ring type of guy. And Noble looks absolutely gooped when she says that. And he goes, how is that a bad thing? because you're living with her I don't know (laughs) do people have like casual relationships with people that they're also living with I don't know how that works but anyway Shara says but you know that that's not what I want like this fling situation I want somebody to do honey do lists I want there to be there at night and Noble says I can do that and I would like to move back in like the urgency again homosexual for me Noble says in a confessional that when he moved in initially, it was during the pandemic, right? Everything snowballed to where it wasn't optimal. But he thinks that if he was to move back in, they could all pool their resources and have better defined roles and expectations of each other. The man's broke. He's broke. That's why he wants to move back in. Like, gosh, you guys. (laughs) Noble. Noble. Novi, what's going on? So Shara tells him, knowing how you move and who you are, it's just like you move like a single person. like You don't move like a person that's truly in a partnership. Shara says in a confessional, it's hilarious. She says it is hilarious at this point for Noble to say that he wants to be in a relationship. It is hilarious because he has not shown a level of commitment that she would expect from a partner. And Listen, it's, he's not all that bad. He does have lovable qualities, but he's, she's just not sure how they're going to move forward. (laughs) How did you guys get on the show? I'm barely seeing a relationship between the two of you. And here's this man begging to be in a relationship when you're like, you're a clown. (laughs) I don't think you want to be in a relationship with either of these men. Seeking no brother, no husband. (laughs) But thank you, because I feel like I'm going to have a lot of fun talking about you guys. So with that, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Oh, my God. Mess. I'm sorry. Bye.